trying this week, desperately, to find something to talk about. Welcome to Hunt Pop. Ladies and gents, it has been a week without very much competitive football, but we're going to plough on anyway and try and uh, talk about something. We've got Copa Argentina uh, to look at, as well as a rather less meaningful trophy for River Plate this week than the one they won last week. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello. And by special guest, I'm tempted to call him, English Star. Hello, welcome. Welcome back, English Star. How have you been? I've not been bad. Not at all, but it's lovely to be back on the pod. I wish I could do it more often. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Um, We are sponsored, before we go any further, I should mention this by the Argentina Independent, who are a fine source of English language journalism about Argentina. The clue's in the name. Um, And also across the rest of Latin America, they do uh, news items, they do cultural articles, stuff about Latin American and Argentine history and photo essays and all that sort of stuff. You should read them free of charge on Argentina independent.com and we would like to thank them very much for providing the alcohol which we are drinking during this performance thank you when I say performance I mean recording Um, normally at this point I would go over the results from the last week of league fixtures but there weren't any because we have primary elections in Argentina which proper journalist English Dan can probably tell us about but we won't ask him to uh, do so although I will say to anybody who listened to Mystic Joel's predictions last week on how those primary elections would go that he was pretty close what did um, he say? to the, the actual result. I think he said around 40% for Scioli and about 30 for Macri. You know who was even closer? Go on, Joel. Scioli. Really? It turned out that... Um, According between to him, No, no. Between him and his campaign team, they did a sort of parody, which is like the football pools here, mm-hmm. uh, with every member of his campaign team putting down um, a list of... You know, possible percentages, mm-hmm. and he got it almost perfect. I think he got himself as thirty-eight. I think Macri was on twenty-four, and it went down, and he won out of his team anyway. He got about six out of seven right, or something like that. So that's either very perceptive, or it says something else, which we won't go into. Yeah. Or it's just a lie, and they release the. Uh, or it's just the right. results of the prod afterwards. Argentina's made you so cynical, sir. I know what to say. Yes. No. <laughs> what can you say? Um, we will go over instead the Copa Argentina results because of course the elections were only on Sunday which meant that whilst there could be no league football you could continue to play the cups because they don't have to be played on Sundays necessarily Andres. before you go on uh, do you know why the, the, the round of the round 20 of the uh, 30 team tournament wasn't played couldn't have been played between Thursday and Saturday I, I it's a question uh, I don't know but I'm personally very glad that it wasn't because that would have made life even harder to get all of those betting previews done for Hong Kong Jockey Club before yeah. so it was for Sam then basically yeah I, I, I'd like to say that they we did have one league game into consideration but oh, we did have one league game yeah, quite right which, which we shall uh, mention in a short while but the Copa Argentina matches and some of these might have been mentioned on last week's podcast because a couple of them 
were played on the day that we recorded last week. Um, Ferro put Los Andes out on penalties after a 3-3 draw. I'm pretty sure we did mention that result because it had happened already before. We I watched that game with a Los Andes fan in, in the newsroom. He was not happy at all. That was crazy. They led three times and every time they got paid back in the fair, in the last minute it was uh, Ferro got the, the free all. Los Andes are Primera B or B Nacional this season? They are B Nacional. So second division. In Lomas. And that game was played also behind closed doors because of the Los Andes in Chile, who are divided into into two factions who hate each other and they couldn't work out how to accommodate the, both of them and the Ferro fans in the same stadium. How strange. Yes. And that was similar to Huracan against uh, Cruzeiro del Norte match 3-0. Mm. But not, I, don't, I mean, not 3-0 that Ferro was a, a Los Andes was leading Ferro, but the result was the same and, and changing results, right. perhaps. Mm. Um, during the podcast, uh, San Lorenzo beat Instituto de Cordoba 2-1, and I don't think we mentioned that one at all. Yes, we did. Did we? Yes. Oh, I've forgotten about it then. Um, on the day that the podcast went online, as opposed to when we were recording it, so that's last Thursday, Lanús beat Nueva Chicago 3-0. That's Lanús' first match, of course, since um, the tragic death of Diego Barisone, which led to Lanús against Defensivo Justicia being put back from a week and a half, nearly two weeks ago now, in fact, um, to Tuesday this week. We will get on to that one in a short while. Um, also on Thursday, Tempele won Defensivo Justicia 1, followed by Defensivo Justicia winning. Oh no, that was the night we recorded, wasn't it? Because we saw Defensivo Justicia get their late equaliser, uh, winning 5-3 on penalties. Um, and because River were playing on Wednesday evening so we recorded Thursday last week as well it's very confusing this not not recording on regular days on Friday so definitely after we recorded last week Independiente beat Deportivo Español 1-0 on Friday as well Racing Club beat Tigre 2-1 on Saturday no on Monday 10th yes Monday's the 10th Uh, Atletico de Rafaela beat Deportivo Merlo 5-1 and on Wednesday, Atlanta put Comunicaciones out 7-6 on penalties after a 1-1 draw. And Meles Sarsfield beat Acasuso 3-0. Damn. You must be happy with Racing. Getting I was very happy with Racing. Difficult yeah. opponents as well. Always difficult. Um, I remember the last time Racing played Tigre, and, uh, they put four past us. It was 4-0 and the worst game I've seen of, of Racing since Coca took over. So... It was definitely a tough game, but it was the best performance we've seen from Racing probably since the the restart, because we all know they've been a little bit down recently. Hasn't really been going going right, but we saw Gustavo Ball, who received the world's best trophy today, uh, score his first goal since the restarts, and then Leonardo Grini put the uh, put the game back on top for Racing after Tigre had equalised, but. It was it was promising. There was some good moments from Romero, the the Paraguayan playmaker, who's kind of been in and out of the team. He's not quite been able to to break through. And the great the, sorry, the the directors or the the, the Blanco and, and the, the other board members were not very very happy with uh, Coca not putting uh, Romero into the Romero. team. Yeah, I think it's always the same if. Uh, the directors have put a lot of money into assigning them when I assume in the team right uh, Coca um, insisted and insisted for, to bring in Romero before um, before the season and then he's only really been used as a sub and 
and there hasn't happened that much faith in him probably more than anything because Kokka and uh, the way he plays hasn't really uh, favoured a playmaker he, you know he's been working down the wings a lot of kind of very fast vertical football that that hasn't really suited Bromeda that much. It suits players more like Bol, um, who are direct and like to run at people. And perhaps Camacho. Camacho is well, yeah. spot of, of perhaps Romero could have been there. Uh, but yes, Camacho is more direct, direct, not so perhaps uh, passing. Yeah, Romero is a guy who likes to put his foot on the ball and think, <laughs> uh, look around him, and Camacho is you know, more you know, straight, straight on for goal. Like a, more a striker a disguised as a... As a as an or not enganche but the second perhaps striker he's another um, another yeah. ouchie let's say yeah. the guy that just goes straight for goal and it doesn't matter who he runs over in the way <laughs> perhaps lacks a bit of intelligence here and there possibly yeah in um, the last it. 16 uh, we, as I just discovered before we started recording uh, Racing are going to be involved in the Clásico Eduacense um, between uh, Dan's current well Dan's Two teams were Dan's it's, first team and it's a club of my neighbourhood against love, the say. club of my heart. Indeed, let's say it like that. Uh, that's Atlanta for the benefit of the vast majority of listeners who might not have a clue what I was just talking about. The pride of Villa Crespo. So, who do you make favourites to win that match, Dan? <laughs> first of all, I'd like to say it's the first official Clásico Eduardense since before I was born. So, this is the first time they're actually playing in an official match in my lifetime. Wow. So it's pretty special. The last time they played, um, would you know where, when it was? Andres might know. The Monumental? No, when? Oh, when? Oh. I'm going to guess how old you're younger than me, aren't you? I'm going to guess we're at Atlanta in the Premier, no, when Racing were in the Second Division. So 83? Correct. 82? No, they went down in 83, Racing. Oh, so 84. Four eighty-five. Eighty-five. Okay. And it was actually the match that got Racing back up to the first division because Racing finished. They didn't finish first that season, and the eight teams that finished below first, I say two to nine, uh, went into an octagonal knockout tournament. Mm -hmm. And in the final of that tournament, Racing beat Atlanta to go back up to the Primera. That was the last time Racing and Atlanta played in an official game. Wow. Yeah. So this is a tie with history. Yeah, that was when. Then, if you look back, there's a cover of a Grafico with Gustavo Costas, the icon of all Racingismo. They're happy celebrating with thousands of fans around. And Atlanta. It was a pretty tough day for Atlanta because they haven't been back since, unfortunately. No. Um, the last 16 is now fully decided because the uh, that Veles 3 0 win over Acasuso yesterday, Wednesday. Which I'm assuming none of us saw. No, we watch it. I didn't. Um, completed the round of 32, so we're now into the one eighths of final for the Copa Argentina, which begin next week. Um, and the ties are as follows: Defensa Justicia played Chacarita Juniors, Independiente played Lanús. Both of those are on. I think it's Wednesday next week. The 19th is. Yep, that is Wednesday. Um, Boca Juniors play and Juanani Antonio Franco also on Wednesday. And then the other matches haven't yet been timetabled, but they are Rosario Central against Ferrocarril Oeste, Estudiantes de la Plata against Quilmes, Racing vs Atlanta, as we've mentioned, San Lorenzo. Racing are going to play on the 25th or 26th in Formosa. Okay. So it has been announced. I wish I could. 
I don't know which standard saying then, but yeah. well, <laughs> maybe to get to Formosa. Or how to get to Formosa. Um, now nah, I'll be working, unfortunately. But San, I'll be watching it. San Lorenzo play Atletico de Rafaela and Vélez Sarsfield play Gimnasia y Esgrima La Plata. Um, so there are a few all Primera clashes in there, which isn't really much of a surprise given that there are only uh, one, two, three, four sides left in the draw which are not from the Primera. Mm-hmm. Um, namely but, Chacarita, Guarani Antonio Franco, Ferro, and Atlanta. Um, but, but only uh, Chacarita from Primera B Metropolitana, I think. Atlanta. Another, yes, yeah, sorry. No, Chacarita Ch- in uh, Nacional. Oh. That's our Guarani and then Ferro, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah whoever won the Atlanta Comunicaciones game was going to be the Metropolitana's sole representative. Yeah. And uh-huh. I think, as well, there's only, you know, for a federal tournament, it's very, uh, very... Greater Buenos sides. We've got, let's see, Defensa Justicia, Chacarita, so definitely at least one of those in the quarters. Mm-hmm. Independiente, Lanús, so that's another. Uh, Boca, uh, Ferro... Quilmes, Racing, San Lorenzo, and Vélez. So, yeah, that's 10 of yeah. the last 16. Plus the two uh, Laplata la la sides, yeah. So you've got Rafaela, Central, and, and Guarani as the only outside teams. Indeed. And even Central are from a city which is directly was always part of the Argentine first division before it went properly nationwide. Um, so there we have it. So what's happened to the Federal experiment? That's what we're going to ask. Well, I'm going to be rolling in his grave. Talking of which, of course, there were no matches this weekend just gone in the Nacional Bay either, were there? No, no, I don't think there were. But we may as well have a look at the positions since we don't have any Primera to talk about this week. Mm. And it's been a while since we actually had a go at talking about the Nacional Bay. And I've not seen it in ages. This is the first time I've been on that. We do not, of course, have any of our resident La League experts here, but Dan does pay some attention. I'll do my best uh, to fill in. Well, we have after 28 matches for almost everybody, except for two sides who've played 27, uh, is that Patronato de Parana are top with 50, they're top by quite a long way, with 57 points. Santa Marina de Tandil, uh, that's club and library Santa Marina of Tandil, mm-hmm. um, are on 51, so six off the lead. But the reason that Patronato have got such a comfortable lead um, is that the third place side are Atletico de Tucumán on 49 points, that's eight behind the leaders. Uh, only the top side go up, of course, um, but second, third, fourth, fifth play playoffs to the Primera. Uh, Villa Dalmine and Juventud Unida de Guanajuato are the two sides who are currently fourth and fifth. So, it's incredible any to one see of this. those sides yeah. would make next year's Primera more federal, assuming they don't replace. Um, Another side from the interior, which at least one of the sides who goes down is going to be Crusoe del Norte, so that's indeed you know sorted. But it's um, incredible to see as well because right, let's have a look at this list. You got a lot of their teams. Santa Marina went up uh, in 2014 to the to the second division. Dalmine as well a couple of years ago. Dalmine um, were in the Metropolitana and they didn't look like leaving it anytime soon. It was like Juventud Unida Unida de well, well, anyway, I know. I know. season, they're in the rapid promotion. There are it's a bunch of sides, and you've got big teams, three points yeah. below Juventud um, Unida. So Instituto Los Andes Ferro, Independiente Rivadavia de Mendoza, Atlético Paraná, and Gimnasia de Jujuy. They're all slightly more traditional second level yeah. clubs. I say. Perhaps it's not much that much of a in with a chance. Yeah, perhaps it's not that much of a surprise since 
you know, the teams that were left in the National League were the ones that didn't that couldn't manage to be among the top, you know, ten teams in the, yeah. the other season. And yeah. Any, anyway, and I will. I know we will talk about this later. But uh, Tinelli, that was a man who has been in the media uh, these days because he he's eager to being a candidate to, to the presidents of, of, of AFA. Uh, did say said nothing about the a possible change of the format or the, the way that the, the, the tournaments will be played. He, he I think he, pres he presented a, a, a kind of project or something similar to the, 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 the other uh, board yeah, members. Yeah, his project had a lot of nice words. It's honesty, transparency, yes. uh, openness, you know, these buzzwords that politicians like to use. But there weren't that many concrete proposals. Obviously, You know, there's a reality here. He can't just go in and say, "Look, we've got to get all these teams out of the top flight because all Nobody the teams that are, teams are in the top flight." Yeah, so to no, to Nelly. <laughs> exactly. Once so he's in, got a, he's got to play play a bit smart. Once he's in, it's another matter. Once um, he's in, it's a it's another matter. Yeah. We will discuss that other matter in more detail later on because we have had a couple of list of questions regarding the upcoming AFA elections, and it's been very much in the news this week. Partly because there have been no actual football matches for the media to talk about, but also partly because there have been actual major developments on the story. We should um, also, if we're going to carry on with lower league for a second, we should yes. definitely give a shout out to to one of our fallen members who who hasn't been with us for a while because his team has taken the, taken the opposition to pieces in the Metropolitana. And who's that? Santiago with Defensores de Belgrano. I'm now bringing up the league table and I expect to be impressed yeah. from what you've just said now. Oh, they are doing very well. Blimey. 15 wins, 11 draws and 2 defeats. That's not bad. That's 28 <laughs> games. Uh, 56 points and they're top of the pile, as Dan says. Um, four points clear of Brown, they are drawing. Six points clear of third place, Estudiantes de Buenos Aires. Um, and then everybody else is sort of making up the numbers, really. Although second to ninth go into playoffs for the promotion there. So that's an interest for one spot, yeah. For one yeah, spot, yeah. One Champions spot. go up and then one other guy. And it's, it's the same, the same as uh, Nacional, the yeah. Federal ah, as well, I presume. Um, so there is your very broad brushstrokes uh, <laughs> roundup of the lower leagues. Yeah, we won't go into the Argentina Ar because it's impossible to understand. <laughs> is it? Is it, <laughs> is it not similar to the Primera B? No, they got like it's about got three got different groups Primera, with a oh, promotion oh, group oh. and then a, there you go. First stage. And then you've got a tetradecagonal final. Tetradecagonal? What's that? Uh, 13. The last 30. The last 13. Last 13? Yeah. With an N, oh, bloody hell. I've got to, I've no idea how all of this is. This is just silly. <laughs> with 14 clubs, apparently. Yes, with 14 clubs. There we go. Oh, because Tetra is four, not three. Ah, there you go. Tridecagonal would be 13. Um, no, oh, they've only just got two games into that, though. So I suppose, in a way, we can sum it up quite nicely. Cipolletti uh, de Rio Negro and uh, Juventud Unida de San Luis and Defensores de Belgrano de Villa Ramacho and Sol de America are joint top of that table so far with four points each. There we go. So watch that space. Watch this space. There are 13 games in total, so everybody's only playing everybody else once. First place will go up to the Nacional B. <laughs> Second, third, and fourth will <laughs> qualify for the fifth phase. And fifth to 14th. <laughs> will qualify for the third phase so presumably 5th to 14th then play off for the right to play 
But they'll tell you, Sam. Just Some don't go into the Aberdeen That implies there's a fourth phase as well. So they'll play a final among themselves, and the winners of that final will go in with second, third, and fourth of this second phase. Bloody hell. Okay. That's it for now. Um, let's talk about slightly easier to understand things, such yep. as what might... <laughs> Kanchashena were, were very impressed and, and excited to tell us what might be the last ever Saruga Bank trophy, um, oh. which was played on Tuesday, well, I suspect it was Tuesday evening in Japan. For us here, it was uh, the early hours of uh, 7 o'clock-ish on Tuesday morning that it kicked off. Um, between River Plate, the winners of last year's Copa Sudamericana, and uh, Gamba Osaka, the winners of this year's J- Japanese League Cup. This is a highly prestigious uh, trophy, which is mostly prestigious because Argentines just like to pretend that absolutely anything that's officially recognised is meaningful um, and it also had six subs and no drug tests this was one of the yes the yeah, six substitutions things, and it? no drug tests as well they said no, River had no, to get no, Brian no, Fernandes in urgent no doping controls also for, for River it makes a bit of a difference in that having gone all that way they were going to get I think it was $60,000 for taking part in the match but they get $200,000 for winning ah, it. So from that point of view, if you're going to no, go that, that far and you're an Argentine club with no money, you may as well try and win it. Of course. Um, they also become the first South American club to win it since, I think, since Arsenal won the opening one, because since then mm. the Japanese teams have always won it. So no, that in the International de Porto Alegre won it, not Argentinian, of course, ah, but yeah. South American. The second one. 2019, yeah. yes. So yeah. Arsenal won in 2008, Inter won in 2009, and then since then it's stayed in Japan. Um, so that you know, well done, River. Yeah. So they're the current um, holders of how many cups? Five, four. Didn't they play a uh, Copa Euroamericana with Sevilla? Yeah, but that's, that's not official yet. That's uh, not official. They're, they're, and they lost. That's expected to be made official next year. Right. Um, it makes it's, more sense than the Super Copa Euroamericana. Ah, sorry. Because the Copa Euroamericana is that stupid thing between various Argentine and. Um, uh, sorry, various South American and Portuguese and Spanish clubs who come over to South America for right. pre-season friendlies, which Direct okay. TV um, organised. My head hurts. Stay with us. So River are currently the holders, if we're going through all of the baubles, um, of the Copa Sudamericana, the Copa Libertadores, those are the meaningful ones, the Recopa Sudamericana, which is the South American Super Cup, uh, which is last year's Sudamericana and last year's Libertadores. Similar to the one Barcelona and Sevilla played there. Precisely, yeah, yeah. just... Um, um, but for last season, because the one for this season hasn't been played yet, um, and the the thing I just mentioned, the Suruga Bank yeah. Trophy. What happens if River successfully defend their Sudamericana? I was just going to ask you that. So they're going to play the Recopa against themselves. I don't know. <laughs> Presumably, it would be against the next best side of the Sudamericana because Tigres, being a Mexican side, can't qualify yeah. for anything like that. It would make sense. Anyway. Um, Andres, as a River fan, as a lifelong River fan, who couldn't, uh, uh, first of all, have you come down yet from the Libertadores win last week? Because when we spoke to you last week, you still haven't really taken it all in. Yes. Well, uh, I, I think this is not an invented cup or, or tournament or, or where, where I am, where I disagree about this to tell or to think about this uh, match arranged between the Conmebol and the Japanese League or Association. To call the final of the Suruga Bank because it was only one match, of course, easily played by River Plate, and I think they they or from from this Japanese side they try to make the, the Argentinian club or South American club uh, that one that wins the Sudamericana to travel to Japan in order to make the match a bit more uh, uh, equal or more more uh, even 
but uh, River with no, no, no sleeping, with the travel of 30 hours uh, via Frankfurt and wherever, uh, were, were no, no, there were no rivals in, in Gamba Osaka because well, it was seen that, uh, that River was hugely uh, better, better team, better side. Well, I, I don't uh, like to count this single match as, as, a, as a cup uh, or as a title as if it were Sudamericana or Libertadores. Uh, it will be counted because it, it was won by them. You say that, but the, in, the, in the Continental Cup yes. was always a single match. Well, it was once two legs, but yeah, you count that as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> the, the, but there is a problem with... But it's a bit... Uh, of I course, it's different. Of I course, mean, it's different. But the, I wouldn't discount the, the Champions of South America against the Champions of Europe is a bit different to the Champions of the. No, South of course. South but I'm just saying I wouldn't discount the trophy just because it's a one match thing. No, you've got the European Super Cup, I'd, you've got all these. I err uh, towards doing that. Personally, I don't like Super Cups. No? They're glorified friendlies. Intercontinental Cup was, was good. Well, what is the only thing that gives certain, certain value to matches that are played? After winning a cup, is that that River had to win the Sudamericana in order to play against Gamba Osaka because they were the champions of the either Japanese Cup and the Sudamericana. That is the only thing that yeah. gives some name to the to the thing. Then it's money, seven hundred thousand dollars for a team that is, uh, as Jorge Brito, the uh, vice president, said the other day, uh, has a, a owes. A, 600 million dollars or pesos sorry uh, any any kind of money any any amount of money is important uh, in order to try to uh, succeed in cancelling all the, the this money that river owes mm. and, and seven hundred thousand dollars is is important uh, in, in in that uh, sense then yes, going to Japan only to play a match, single match against a, a team that has nothing to do with, uh, or uh, did, uh, did nothing, in, uh, or, or at least uh, was seen that uh, uh, had no category in order to, to play against River, having, as I said, traveled uh, 30 hours, no, no sleep, uh, with the ch times changed the other way, the other the other way round. Uh, Yes, it's no perhaps uh, the same, of course, uh, uh, importance that you can give to Sudamericana or Libertadores or even Recopa because it was the Recopa Sudamericana. You had to win the Libertadores or the Sudamericana to play that match, which was at least a real final because it was a first and second leg against San Lorenzo. After that, uh, up to that, then yes, Copa Suruga Bank. Uh, <laughs> In terms of the value of the title, no, nothing, of course. Yeah, I think, um, first of all, an explanation for listeners, just in case Andres repeated anything. Sorry, anyway. I had to pause and re-edit that because a very loud ambulance went past Andres. Uh, River is, I, I don't know if it was uh, mentioned the, the, in the last episode, River is the only team in winning Sudamericana, Recopa, Libertadores all in a row. Uh, the only mm -hmm. team in winning that, apart from the Suga. So uh, three titles or the th or the four tournaments organized by, by Conmebol were w all won by the same team and in, in uh, all consecutive. Three four. Three right? because there are three more, more important uh, tournaments and the Suruga, which are also organized oh, by Conmebol. Sorry. Yeah. Though the the crazy regular rules about the six 
substitutions and no doping control and that. Yeah. Which is a bit of a joke. And to think, if it wasn't for Racing, it would have been a full house. Well, (laughs) really, if it wasn't for uh, Ramiro Funes Mori tripping over his feet when River otherwise put the reserves out, then... We're going to make a statue of him in Racing, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, for me, uh, I, I think that basically any trophy which you get to by winning a competition that's more important than that trophy... Is a bit of a joke. Right. Can be good fun to play them, but you know the community shields, various super cups or whatever. Nobody's going to pretend that the community shield is more important than the Premier League. No. Nobody has ever referred to the English League title, the FA Cup, as qualifying tournaments for the community shield. <laughs> and as a result, in my opinion, it means that it also works. You know, if you're talking about perception because here in South America the Club World Cup is obviously much more important than it is for European sides and it works the, the same thing way is that here the Copa Libertadores at times is the thing is that you are obliged to win that that kind of matches because if not uh, friendly or whatever you, you, you call them because if River lost uh, will, have lo- been, will have lost against Gamba Osaka uh, all the headlines will have been River lost against Gamba Osaka mm. as, a, as a tragedy and, and they oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it still helps to breed a culture yeah. of winning and all the rest of it, all those cliches. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yes. And Boca supporters would have been un- insufferable if, if, if Gamal Saka won it. But um, I think that's about as important as it gets for me. Yes. But um, anyway, there was something else that I wanted to say about it as well. Which was, that there's talk about uh, other cups being officialised or whatnot and what that does to one team's trophy count and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And I was asked during the week by Ursus Arctos who is a regular Hand of Pod listener so hello Ursus this wasn't um, a question that he sent for Hand of Pod but I thought it was an interesting question anyway whether the obsession that there seems to be here particularly with treating I apologise for the screaming child with treating anything at all that is recognised as an official trophy as being you know this is another one to go on our list of international trophies whether that's because of this whole ridiculous thing that Boca have with putting all those bloody stars on their badge about this is how many trophies we've won. Um, is that a symptom or is it the cause? Boca's stars. It's a symptom, right, for me? It's a symptom, but yeah. I don't know what the cause would be. I think it goes back to, um, to probably the first days of, of the league um, when you're still in the amateur period when the perhaps the, and all of that. yeah perhaps when the league wasn't as organised and you know teams dropped out and all that so you had kind of these tournaments and perhaps it was the only real way to, to measure up against these these teams you know you'd have um, a couple of eight teams or, or I don't know how many, how many teams and if you won it you were you're the champion at least until someone else came along and, and beat you so I'm guessing it's, it's sort of a hangover from those days and also once this whole idea of um, challenging clubs coming from Uruguay and when it all started opening up in the international era because uh, there, were, there were international competitions played before the, um, before the Libertadores. Mm. Not many people talk about them, but it happened. And before the Copa America as well. And there were Copa Libertadores that were played in, with three matches where... Uh, one if they they finished one 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 thing win have one uh, uh, one match and the other one was won by the other team there was a, a third match exactly yeah regardless yeah. The, so it wasn't the yeah, aggregate yeah. score it was if if one team won four nil in the first leg and the other team win one nil in the second leg then it goes to a third leg yes. right. 
So, um, yeah, for me, it, it comes from this kind of tradition of disorganisation, of no one really knowing what counts and what's going on. So, you know, whatever cup you, you won, whatever you had in the trophy cabinet, it's, it's going on the badge and it's going in the, the history books. Sorry, I was just trying to count up um, which of the trophies Boca count themselves as having won internationally, because this is what I'm, I'm talking about, this kind of thing. Boca Juniors say that they have won 18 trophies mm-hmm. at international level, which is more than anybody else apart from Real Madrid and AC Milan. I think it's the same number as Milan and Madrid overtook them with the European Cup. And now Barcelona has one more. Yes. 19. Oh, really? Yes. There we go. But among the trophies, right, the Boca count as the ones that they've won... Copa Libertadores, they've won six of those. That's fine. Well done. That's something you can brag about. Three Intercontinental Cups, two of which have been 2000 and 2003, by which time, you know, the European, the the disparity in, in wealth and everything meant that it was much harder for South American sides to win. So again, Plus well it was done. on a neutral end, which is very important. Yes, yeah, that as well. So well like, in the Beni- like Estudiantes Racing won it when it was two legs and very difficult for yeah. European clubs to come to put it lightly. Uh, Copa Sudamericana 2004 and 2005 again hmm. legitimate second team trophy sorry and one, one Intercontinental Cup won by Boca was against the uh, sub-champion not the champion of the European uh, because the champions were refusing to play so that was the 77 one yes. against uh, Gladbach Liverpool I believe that was the one against Gladbach wasn't it I believe so um, yeah because Liverpool didn't want to play yeah um, so Copa Sudamericana 2004-2005 there were some people who might point out that that was one in the years when, when River and Boca were both invited in, whether they qualified or not. So, a bit of a joke, but it was the second tier tournament. And again, teams from all over South America, good on them. The other trophies that they've won at international level, they've won Supercopa Sudamericana. Be very careful what you say about the Supercopa Sudamericana. Very, very careful. We had this last week with Mariano. Ah, you took advantage of wasn't it? Former Copa Libertadores winners only allowed into this tournament, which lasted for about five years, and it's just a bit of a joke. No, Rasmus was the first team to win it. I will defend the Supercopa Sudamericana to death. One of those. Four of the Red Copa Sudamericana, which, again, yeah, you might have something else to get there. Come on. One ma- Copa Master de Supercopa. Nah, that's my The winners of the Supercopa was. And one Copa the winners de- of the Supercopa <laughs> And one Copa de Oro Nicolas Leos, which, if I remember rightly, is the one that Conmebol organises a one off in order to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Argentine Football Association, mm-hmm. right? In 1993, they won it, so 1893, that sounds about right. Um, <coughs> you know, of which at least a few of those are just a bit of a joke. And why then? bothered going on about all of these wonderful trophies when nobody cares about most of them. Celebrate the Libertadores. They're the second most most successful side in the history of the Libertadores. Why don't you celebrate that? That that means something. I think as well these kind of cups they also kind of mark moments right in the teams. I know in Racing you know obviously you've got the Equipo de Jose in 1967 they won the Libertadores they won the the Intercontinental Cup and that team's you know a legend but you also talk to a lot of people you know from our generation for people that are a little bit older and they remember in I think it was 1987 um, Coco Basile's team that won the Supercopa it's not the same as La Libertadores but it's like for a Racing fan to win a title after 20 years it was like fuck and with a really good team as well I think with Colombati with, with a few Useful players as well, Matuti Morales, and 
So yeah, they're going to celebrate it as much as anyone. It doesn't matter if it's the Levadores or the Sumeramericana, Supercopa. It's a team that was, you know, the best around for Racing. They fell short of the title. I think they finished second a few times. But they got some silverware and for a lot of clubs. That's why Atlanta as well keep on keep remembering the Copa Suecia of 1958, <laughs> which was the only silverware in an Argentine team club won that year with Suecia in the name. So, the, that's... Sweden Cup. The Sweden Cup. Anyway, couple, anyway you yeah. say that Supercopa was kind of shocked because it was only played by the teams that had already won the Copa Libertadores. But I remember that by the times it was played, uh, that the, the supporters wanted to win that mm. cup as as, as prestigious oh, one, and no not the, not like the Sudamerican or the Mercosur one. That right, now, it was a now step up from the Interamericana. Yes. The, now it's it's well yes, Sudamericana is important. Now supporters are trying to are, are considering Copa Sudamericana as an important. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what we think of the Sudamericana in ten years. That's yeah. I think the the, the Sudamericana was one that I was uh, I, I never liked it when River and Boca were were invited. No. Now that it's open qualification, you've actually got to reach a certain standard to get in it. I think it, it it's. That, that, that's when it started to, to get taken a bit more seriously yeah plus they sort of established it general. as this second tier you know they've got the yeah, example exactly. of the Europa League I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's more it's established there, it's, got its, place. it's more established now as well obviously 10 years ago it was a relatively new competition um, really what they need to do is align the calendars so they play at the same time as the Libertadores and it's a serious competition in that sense But that would be lovely and the Libertadores over the course of it a season indeed fantastic yes but um, we'll see what talking happens. of the Sudamericana it has started already in fact we're watching a match now as we record Nacional de Paraguay against Uni no it's not Universidad de Concepcion is it it's oh it isn't Universidad yes. de Concepcion um, oh it's Chilean teams are from universities uh, yeah they are um, of Chile the Argentine sides don't come into it just yet I think they enter it next week or the week after uh, so we've not forgotten about it but we're not that interested in it really up until about the quarterfinals it tends to be a pretty dull competition still mm-hmm. um, we're going to play some music now and we will come back and start to answer listeners questions because we've had a few and they touch on as I've already mentioned a couple of times um, one of the main stories this week the AFA elections that are upcoming so don't go anywhere through listeners' questions, um, first of all, via email, because we have had a couple of interrelated ones Ooh. on email, um, if I can find them in my slightly overcrowded inbox. They are... There they are. Toby Millard has sent us one. Um, he says... I'm still a regular listener. He's not on Twitter anymore, was the first bit. So if you wanted to follow Toby on Twitter, you can't. It's too late. Sorry. Um, he says, I thought it was about time I made the extra effort to email in the question. Here we go. Has a date been set for the AFA presidential elections? That's a very simple one. Yes, it'll be sometime towards the end of October. Uh, so no, not a definite date. I think they might have said a definite <laughs> date, but the media um, is saying... They must be the same as the, pre- uh, the 
first leg of the the definite elections for president, national president. The shit on the same day and put Tinelli on the um, on the ballots. That'd be interesting. (laughs) And um, Toby's second question: Can you shed any light on who the candidates might be? No, don't answer just yet, because we've also had another one from David Ellingham, who says. Hello, Sam. Will the rules be changed to allow Tinelli to run for the AFA presidency? And who would you like to be the next president of AFA? Which then ties into another question we've had via Twitter, which was something along the lines of who would we all like to be the president of AFA ourselves? And I can't remember who asked it now. We'll get on to that bit later and I'll read them out. So, first of all, the date. We've sort of answered that one already. Who are the candidates? There's one candidate that everybody's talking about, and it's this chap called Tinelli, who, if you're a very regular listener of Hand of Pod, you'll be aware... Um, of who he is but if you're not if you're newer to us um, or you're forgetful uh, then then you might not be knowing who, who this person is he's Marcelo Dinelli is the name uh, he's essentially the, the Argentine version of Simon Cowell uh, but it would appear with rather more of an interest in football um, and also a bit more of an interest in misogyny in fairness um, mm. Simon Cowell gives him a good run in that he is officially the vice president of San Lorenzo de Almagro. He's very much the money man. Um, uh, Matias Lamens, of course, is the president of San Lorenzo de Almagro. Um, and David's question about whether the rules will be changed is because the Argentine Football Association's regulations currently hold that one has to have been involved in football in a directorial capacity for at least four years before one can run for club uh, for AFA president. Antinelli doesn't have that yet, nor no, do. We should say, to, uh, for a little bit more light, he's been involved in the club for more than four years. Mm-hmm. Before He's been vice president of San Lorenzo for the last oh, two years, I believe, and before that he he was a spokesman, which is sort of a non-executive board position. And his um, stance is that it counts, basically. And yes. Yaffa says, no. But I think and they're the- holding a the reason for the question sorry I suspect that Toby at least appears to be aware of this yeah. is that they've held, they've held an election or they're holding a vote next week is it they've had discussions yeah, they, this week and they, they pushed it aside week. Lo- this week and um, it might happen next week to decide on whether the interpretation of that rule allows Tinelli to stand for the presidency mm-hmm. Andres no uh, what, what I was going to say is that there, I think it's not clear uh, or, or at least it's not stated the, the, the kind of, of charge you must uh, have during four years in order to be uh, uh, to have the, the credits to to, mm-hmm. to be a candidate uh, to, to president because uh, uh, Marcelo Tinelli has been uh, the marketing director which has been perhaps could be the, the sort of a bank of the of the charges perhaps For yeah it's a, it's a non-executive post uh, but, particularly given that the Apple don't really have any marketing at the moment but they, 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 you, you must have uh, four years, and there is no ex- no exception of being a director or being a, have a charge in a, in a club. You, that means being president or vice president only, mm-hmm. or being in the in a in another position. Perhaps. Yeah, one of the vocales or, or something like that. Yeah. That means having a a, a, a mandato. Right. Uh, yeah, an electable charge, an yes. electable post. Uh, if not, you can't be able to. Or you won't be able to to be mm-hmm. a candidate, and and Tinelli is trying to force that, mm-hmm. which is the the best the worst part of this because uh, if he's not uh, eligible, is if he's not uh, able to 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 be a candidate, well that this is it. It's not. Uh, why do you want to change things? That that shows 
uh, 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 things that are not good about him or, or about the, his personality. Mm. That uh, so I'm getting the sense that you're not one of the people who hopes that Tinelli ends up as AFA president, Andres. Well, uh, of course, if I if I if we remember him as a TV host, uh, it's not very good uh, in you know in, in in terms of 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 the the image he he lives uh, or at least the image I see when I if I watch uh, the programs he he hosts uh, and uh, I try not, not to mix that into the football because well he may not be a, a, a or may, he may not host a, a program I like and he can could be a good president anyway mm. but apart from that he's trying to as I say force yeah. force regulations or, or or the things that are already stated. If there are four years and you have three, you, are, you have three and this is it. And, and he's also, slightly worryingly, he's, he's developed a bit of a habit, especially in the last couple of weeks, of taking to Twitter during San Lorenzo matches and ranting about the referee whenever a San Lorenzo player gets so much as a rap on the wrist and all that kind of thing. And whilst, I think I mentioned this a week or two ago, whilst in, in a couple of recent occasions he would appear to have actually have had a point... Um, you know, you sort of did look at a couple of decisions and think, I'm not sure the referee's got that one right. For somebody who's standing for AFA president to do that doesn't fill you with confidence that referees are going to be 100% fair in San Lorenzo matches once he's AFA president. Um, and so that in itself as well, it's not exactly a very presidential way of carrying oneself. Um, no, I think the thing, um, uh, what Tenelli's running on at the moment, or trying to run on at least, is this idea that he's He's a new face. He's not part of this um, this dinosaur AFA culture that that grew up with Grondona and these guys who you know always answered to to Grondona first and and their club second. That he's going to bring in more transparency. He's going to kind of make the make the um, the league a more attractive product and you know use his that's his thing. this is you know these are the points he's running on. That's what the the, the directors have. Already that are already at AFA doesn't mm. want changes. That's what they don't want. Yes. And so it's them who's voting for him. It's worth mentioning. And it's them who's voting for him. As but it's he them does who's going to vote for him. And again, the voting method hasn't changed. It's still going to be by show of hands, like it was yeah. in the good old days with Julio Barcelona. But there's another variable in play, which is very important. Tinelli is very close to all three of the major presidential candidates that are running this year. And all three of them for Argentina rather than for the Argentine for Argentina Association. Yeah. for president of the nation as I said and all three of them are in favour they've either said it or it's known you know from their from their inner circle that they would be in favour of a Tinelli presidency because obviously Tinelli is a guy who's got a hell of a lot of weight in the country to you know in the TV so that those three Macri Scioli and Massa are very strong allies to have on your side especially and it also in the election yeah. has a bonus for the, from their point of view from the presidential candidate's point of view because Tinelli's plan for football para todos is to keep the matches on free to air TV and to, to keep football para todos in existence the current mm-hmm. contract I think runs to 2019 is it? or 2017 or I something. but whatever happens the, the new government according to the contracts we have at the moment at least are going to have to continue it Right. for at least some of the time and are therefore going to have to continue paying for it and it's very expensive for the new government um, and Tinelli's plan is to try and get more private advertising into Football Paratodos mm-hmm. is to 
um, again to, to keep the matches on, on free to air television but to try and bring in a bit more private money into the whole thing and to make it pay for itself right. which it currently is not doing so that's yeah. probably a big part of it as well I think that's a given you know, whoever gets in in October Football batter does. Oh, it's going to stay. It's not going to be used as much as uh, Tinelli is going to strike yeah. people more as somebody who actually knows exactly how to do that because yeah. he's got so much experience. No, what I'm saying is uh, the free candidates' vision is very much in line with what Tinelli is mm. proposing. They're of the same cut. They, you know, getting rid of football batter does would be a big, big political and god, but none of them have this urge to use it in the same way as as the current government have. You know. With a lot of uh, pro government advertising and yeah. all this, it's, it's definitely going to be a more marketable, marketable product. And so, the key question, I suppose, is from our point of view, from a football podcast mm. point of view, and from the point of view of answering the questions that we've just been asked, who else is standing? Do we know any of the other AFA presidential I'm candidates? I'm guessing Segura is going to go again, right? He, he's, he's to decide whether he's he will pres- be. But no one leaves AFA yeah. except for in a body bag, so yeah, I think we can guess he's going to go. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, Victor Blanco. The, the, uh, the, the question is, who is, is one of the big five. It's Racing and Independiente for different reasons are the two big five clubs who are not in favour of today. Exactly. The question is who who is uh, who has already or will be by October have four years of of, of a charge in a, in a right. club like uh, Blanco has. Uh, Blanco is a, yeah, just about, but he's a. He's been 2011. Uh, Racing Boys since 2011. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, Armando Perez is the name who comes up the Belgrano president very frequently, but I, that's harder to see. Yeah. For me. Definitely. Yeah. Being outside. Isn't he more more a manager than a president? Is uh, Belgrano not a private like a gerenciador? Or something uh, yeah, I think know. it might be. I think Armando Perez is not the president but the but manager I, but I think yeah. it's fair to say whichever way he is the, the head honcho yes. right. but whichever way it's interpreted it's fair to say that yes, I think yes. that the head of any club from outside the Greater Buenos Aires area is going to find it harder Indeed. purely because of the number of other clubs who are based in Buenos Aires who are going to vote and because of the media exposure which I think is why Tinelli is seen at least for us as the favourite to win it I don't know if he's a favourite to win it. Exactly, I mean, because when you actually say. break it down, he's he's he's. Uh, what I mean is, the popular conception is that Tino is right. the favourite to win. Yeah, yeah. When you break it down, who really knows? Because this is being voted on by fifty old blokes in suits sitting around the table, exactly. and raising their hands, and not yeah. by the public. Plus, I think the further you go down the pyramid, uh, the less support you'll have, because in the lower leagues, there's this perception that. Tinelli is only interested in you know the glitz and the glam. Well, the glitz and the glamour of the support further down. No, but because it's the useful. People voting are going to be the thirty current Primera sides. Uh, is it ten from the Bay Nacional? A couple from the head of the boards of the various provincial leagues. Mm-hmm. Some of those provincial leagues really low down the table. And kind of three or four clubs from the from the Primera B and two from the Torneo Federal A. Right. I think it's something like that. So the vast majority of it is basically you need twenty nine votes, I think, to become AFA president. Yeah. Um, or sim- simple majority of yeah. If I remember rightly, it's one more than a, than a half of the yeah. Mm-hmm. And so with the Primera clubs voting for him, but then you got two of the others. The Primera clubs, ten of those. Uh, uh, ten teams that could well be finding uh, be finding themselves outside the Primera if yeah. it returns to twenty, and there's probably a there's a perception that that would happen 
more likely if Tinelli gets in because he's not someone from this uh, Afar old boy group that aren't going to touch Grandona's plans so it's, it's something to think about like, more than anything directors like to save their own, their own skins so well absolutely yeah we will try and keep you up to date with the after elections as we get more detail and as more people put themselves forward but for now hopefully this time next week we'll, we'll know a little bit more fingers yeah, crossed yeah because that's yeah. when they vote on whether Tinelli is eligible to stand it's, it's going to be announced right sometime next when week when they'll give the first uh, support then it will go to a to a legal consultation um, it should be done by Lorente, Lorente the, the newest president, but he's on medical leave. He's the legal advisor of the board. So it will be done by someone who has a legal background on okay. the executive committee. Once this someone who hasn't been decided yet decides that the plan is you know, legally, constitutionally sound, then it will go to the final vote. So he has to get through two votes and a legal uh, revision. Interesting. Which will keep you up to date, as I say, dear listeners. Um, we've had questions via Twitter as well the first of which came in from Jack Fuzz on the on Monday the 10th um, he says New York Red Bulls have just signed Gonzalo Veron to a designated player contract do you rate him and what type of impact could he have in MLS I always liked Veron he, he had a lot of bad luck with injuries he had a cruciate ligament tear there which really set him back but I was you know, when he first came on for San Lorenzo, he looked like he was really going places. And he's, this season, he's kind of been slowly finding his feet again, I think. So and, he should and, be... And Chris is uh, puffing out his cheeks and raising his eyebrows when Dan says he likes he, it. He, so. he started as a, as, as a promise, as, as having a good, a very good mm. performance at San Lorenzo. And then, yes, the, uh, his injury was very a handicap for him. And, and now he's a very... I think he's a question mark for 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 the MLS uh, mm. uh, it's really I don't know it's yes a, a question mark as well as as Borito Martinez who has officially signed for Real Salt Lake mm. of uh, MLS also yes so two players di- similar uh, position mm. or conditions mm. you could say Borito uh, Martinez having played and not being maybe very good uh, or not having, not doing it very well at Boca. I think the good thing for Martinez is he can't get worse in these last two years. It's impossible yeah, to yeah, get the worse. The only way is up. Yeah. Uh, Darren Paul says latest on Boo show watch please. I think he means Boo and Lolo, um, mm. the the racing defenders, the, 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 the racing pair. Sorry, <laughs> Boo the, the forward and uh, and Lolo the defender. Um, so Darren, what's the latest on those two? I know Mbo the other day he turned down a. 20% contract raise but that's not the end of the negotiations he's holding out for more money uh, I don't think there has been any formal approach room from a European club that he obviously is named, he's just received his trophy today for Indeed. the top goal scorer of the Copa Libertadores and it's slightly silly looking Almost all it's of amazing. the goals. It's a brilliant. It looks oh, like I, I got, quite like it. It, it looks like it's got silly. 20 mirrors on the top. It's amazing. Almost all of the goals scored against a single team. Right? <laughs> well, he scored. Yeah, because he, he, he top scored in. No, the he scored a hat trick in the first two games. Exactly. Yeah. So he scored six in his first two matches, and then scored two against one of those same two teams again later in the group stage, didn't he? he Is that right? No, one on one. I think. Okay. Yeah. He scored one against. He scored and one against one that is we, we yes. made the point in fact after Racing's first two Libertadores matches that Bull had already scored more goals than the top he, he scorer scored 10 goals he scored 10 goals in the torneo fi- uh, 
final, no, uh, final was transition, sorry, uh, in which that Racing won. Yeah. And how many goals have have he scored now? Because similar now amount of matches, the, the, the same amount of matches, 19 matches, I'm and like, now it's 19. He scored less, maybe five or six. I think he's played less as well, doesn't he? Because he, he picked up a couple he, of little injuries that kept him out for a couple of games. Am I right? He didn't play well, because played, of... Oh, no, he's played 18 games yeah. in the league so far this season. And he has scored five goals. Yeah, a few less. Half. So hmm. well, that explains a bit why Racing is not there. Yeah, I mean, and goals I for Racing have been a bit of short supply and they've also been more, uh, more shared around. Yeah. So, yeah. And particularly in the last few games, the, the scoring rates just dropped off a bit for the team as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah, but even last year, it was never a team, you know, it was a team that won a lot, 1-0, 2-1, 2-0. It's not a, get, a team that scores five goals a game by any means. And Luciano Lolo, I know that uh, Lolo Darren, was a little bit as more. I do in fact, feels that Racing could probably afford to let Bull go more than they could afford to let Lolo go. But Lolo seems more likely to move at this point, right? Yeah, the problem is if you let Lolo go, there's really no one around in local football to, to come in he's he's one of the best defenders in in the Primera by by any uh, any measurement and Chiqui Perez as, as Lolo Lolo has come from Belgrano to Racing yeah. and perhaps he's he's uh, the one to replace him is another Belgrano no, defender like, like Boca did with uh, <laughs> Torcigleri that uh, went, uh, went to Morelia and then they signed uh, Tobio, another right. former Perez. <laughs> no, I'll pass on, on Chiqui Perez, thanks. Darren also asks, um, is Oscar Romero the next big hope? Well, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He's shown promise here and there, but it's always very hard, I think, for these kind of flair playmakers that come from overseas to, um, to make their mark in, in Argentine football because it's so much quicker, so much more physical... You get less time on the ball than in Paraguay. We saw something similar with uh, Gio Moreno. The other, exactly. I was, I was about to say Gio Moreno because Gio Moreno, in my opinion at least, had, and, and obviously I don't watch as much of Racing as you yeah. do, Dan. I, I, I watch pretty much all the league games anyway, but I don't pay as much attention when Racing are playing mm. as you do. Um, but to me, Gio Moreno seemed to have much more of an impact on Racing than Romero has. And Xiao Moreno ended up going, without any disrespect to our Chinese listeners, but going over to China, yeah. rather than making the leap to the Spanish League or Serie A or the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't quite go the way that you well, might Well, Xiao had that horrible injury. Yes. Of course he did, yes. Which really, really set him back. Yeah, but the, the impact was when he arrived, Racing was... Yeah, he was fantastic. But you have to remember that he was playing... Really sub, for the most part. He arrived to give the squad more depth to be able to play the two tournaments the three with the Copa Argentina what we have with Moreno is that he came into a team that was pretty awful it was Chio and Teo both Chio and Teo yeah both Colombian uh, that were sensation Mm -hmm. for for Racing yeah yeah and one of them went on to greatness Um, Darren also asks who is the best Funes Mori yeah Rogelio is kicking us nah Ramiro I think he scored what eight goal. He scored eight goals in pre-season. He scored four so far in three games. Something like that. Monterrey, they're saying very good things about it. I remember rightly, he scored a very nice one on his first match. Was it first competitive game? He scored twice, and the second one was lovely. Can't remember it, but I remember thinking it was a glass one. Um, so no, I'm not going to go with Ramiro. No. But, yeah, but yeah, Rogelio, as a, as a few of us thought that he would do, even when he was at River. Mm. 
has improved since leaving River because he just seemed to find the shirt a bit too. There was so Little much expectation Ram- coming from that position at that club. Yes, but Ramiro didn't suffer uh, the way yeah. Rogelio suffered when he was even whistled for, by by River supporters when he was playing, and Ramiro was well, eh, n- nothing. No, no, not good, neither bad until he scored the, the goal against Boca and there was all from there was all, everything better for him yeah, uh, the last year and a half has been even, even with mistakes harder. against for example Estudiantes Copa Sudamericana against Olimpo the, for the local tournament against uh, I remember uh, against Tigres in the group stage for the Copa Libertadores well, he made some horrendous errors certain, certain mistakes even though uh, he, he recovered after that and I think he's clearly the best of the of, of the brothers. Yeah, but I this think is it as well, right? I mean, playing in defence, you've got a lot less exposure than if you're up front. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, plus, you know, Rogelio was coming through at a time when River were dreadful. Yeah. weren't the best going forward. They certainly weren't as good going forward as they are now. And I th- I, I'm going to assume Dan that it wasn't you since you didn't just take credit for it. But I think that Australian Dan or Joel at some point when um, when Rogelio was first coming through made that point that. That Rogelio struck them as a player who was likely to to be fairly decent, not a, an all time great, but well, I think it was fairly good, obvious to all of us, right? I remember he's got a hat trick against Racing, and I've hated him ever since. Yeah, that was the second weekend I was here. I've, did I watch that match around the Sebas House? No, I watched mm. a different match around the Sebas House. So we've no, got no, one no, footage, one who's an em- enemy of Racing, and one who's a hero. Ramirez, a hero. Anyway, and he also uh, Darren also says, and this one's not strictly Argentine football based. Um, if you could watch three players of any era in any league, who would you watch? <laughs> what a question. Jesus. I'm going to go for Chucho Mendes as well, partly because my Argentine history teacher, Esteban Beckerman, constantly goes on about what a huge person Chucho Mendes was. <laughs> Chucho Mendes, sorry, um, for Argentine football. Um, Alfredo Di Stefano, they're all Argentine. And Lionel Messi. Fair enough. I'm going to go for... Um, and I realised, by the way, before anybody gets angry about the fact I left Maradona out, you know, I've seen plenty of Maradona, right. I know what he does. Same is true of Messi, but I'm not saying that they're better, I just I would have liked to see those <laughs> first two play and I could watch Messi all day, every day. I'm going to go for uh, Orete Corbata in Brasil. I had a feeling you were going to say Corbata. <laughs> to be, you know, to... Um, Level out the playing field a bit, Bocchini and Independiente, because I'm a nice girl like that. And uh, who would be the first? Robin Paz. There we go. The taker of fantastic free kicks, of course. as every Argentine schoolboy knows. And Andres? I won't be very, very original. Uh, Francescoli, uh, Ortega, and uh, Gignac. Left field choice for the last one, but um, well, no, I could certainly watch his performances in the Libertadores final and enjoy them heartily every day. Um, Dan, oh, that's you. I'm not going to read your question now. Dan says that we should do a special on great Argentine left footers. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Florencia, who is Remy's girlfriend and is tweeting us in, I think, for the second time in three weeks, says it's not really a question, but invite more women on particularly those who know the difference between the Copa Argentina and the 30-team championship. I would like to. The difficulty is finding um, them who speak English and who know enough about Argentine football um, to be on the podcast in person is the other matter. Uh, who can come around here and don't mind being on. But um, it, it's certainly not through lack of, of 
thinking it would be nice, trust me. Um, that's, oh, that's a comment from Andres, next up. Um, oh, point, pointing out that Ramiro Funes Mori is not a great Argentine left footer with his yeah, free kick taking ability, nothing else. And Lee, Saka and Funes Mori are there, I think, yeah. at least two of the podium. <laughs> Indeed. And Lee Daly, um, with the final question, says, which domestic club's fan base has the most and the least love for Grondona? The most Arsenal, the least everyone else. Yes, exactly. Ah, oh, Independiente are out there as well, I think. We've got Grondona. You're just saying that because you're a racing fan, though. Independiente? He was president of Independiente. Yes, I know, I know. I'm calling you like... Well, there was when these phone calls that were discovered by a TV program came to the media. It was said that he wanted the Liga de Cuyo and Mendoza teams mm. to disappear. So he hates those teams, we, I, I bet. But, but he also supported the Estudiante de San Luis. Yeah. <laughs> very, very strange. Well, we're better off without him. Yeah. The next music that you hear is Mystic Sam's theme music. Mystic Sam is back this week and he's going to tell you what to bet all of your pocket money on this weekend, which of course starts, for those of you who are very early birds and listening on the day this podcast goes online, today, um, because the podcast is going online a day later than it normally does, so don't go away. Here are the coming weekend fixtures. River Plate against um, whoever it is, uh, Colon, isn't it? Uh, it's going to be played on Monday this week because River just got back from Japan on Thursday morning, so they've um, had their match delayed by 24 hours um, before they have to take on Colon. But here are Mystic Sam's predictions for this weekend. Sarmiento versus Olimpo. There are three games on Friday, and I think that Olimpo are going to win that one. Um, Belgrano against Tigre is going to be a draw on the other Friday match Independiente against Defensa y Justicia I think has to be an Independiente win if only because Peter has once again not come on hand o'clock this week so he's not moved at them on Saturday Nuevo Chicago against Huracan is going to be an Huracan win given that Chicago are chronically incapable of scoring goals Godoy Cruz versus Banfield is a draw um, Aldo Civi versus Colón de Santa Fe so that's not Colón that River are playing they're playing some we'll find out in a second anyway when I get down there um, but anyway Aldo Civi against Colón is going to be a draw as well Union de Santa Fe against Racing is a draw Sorry, I'll, put no, I'll put the same in no I'll put the same in I can't complain tricky at home um, Lanús versus Estudiantes is also a draw lots of stalemates this weekend but Lanús versus Estudiantes should be a fairly decent game we can't mention Lanús against San Martín San Juan. Oh, we haven't, and we will yes. we'll mention that very briefly just after we finish this. Uh, San Lorenzo against Crucero del Norte is a Crucero del Norte away um, match, and therefore it's going to be a San Lorenzo victory. Uh, Gimnasia La Plata against Argentinos is a Gimnasia win. Vélez Sarsfield against Atlético de Rafaela is a draw. Newell's Old Boys versus Temperle is also a draw. Arsenal de Sarandí against Boca Juniors is a Boca Juniors win, obviously. River Plate against, who are they playing? San Martín de San Juan, that's it. It doesn't matter because they're going to win anyway. Um, Quilmes against Rosario Central is a draw. Lots of draws this weekend. Um, Andres was quite right, we completely forgot to mention Lanús 
against San Martin. I can't believe he interrupted you during the Mystic Sam trials. No, it's very I, dangerous. He's going to be cast out next week. Very, very dangerous. So, so. so that can cause catastrophic consequences. Indeed, yeah, I, I could have died. Um, <laughs> it was a one-one draw in San Juan. Uh, Lanús took the lead. San Martin came back very strongly. I thought were the better side for most of the match and um, equalised. And the reason that I you're quite right, Andres, to say that we should have mentioned something about it at least, was that Eric Aparicio's goal mean for the equaliser was absolutely stonking. Um, look out for it on the Football Pound Dollars YouTube channel because it's an absolute belt of about 30 yards out. It looked like it was going out the stadium. Yeah, the, and then the way the ball from went down from up is marvellous. Flew into the top corner with the goalkeeper, rooted to the spot. Do either of you have any major disagreements with any of my predictions? No, maybe uh, a few draw- a few too many draws, but yeah, we'll see what happens this week. Rosario Central perhaps to win against Quilmes. Yeah, uh, that'll be one. Uh, no, but you always think the draws can go either way, right? That's why you put them as, as draws. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's very difficult. To, the most, the highest number of draws that we've had in any round of matches so far was nine back in the fourth round mm-hmm. in 2015. And how many did you put? Uh, I can't remember how many. I think. Oh, for this week, I don't. Yeah. I don't uh, tie them all up like that. We shall see when I when I write them down on the blog. You'll be able to have a look because I always do. Um, give me the predictions down there. Um, on that note, I think that we've covered everything we needed to cover. I think we're right. And, uh, and anyway, we will remember about something when we are when we are in the elevator or jail. But it's okay. Yeah, it always happens that way. Um, but uh, for now, ladies and gents, thank you very much for listening to this Hand of Pod. Thank you very much to the Argentina Independent for paying for the booze as I stifle a burp from said alcohol. Um, <laughs> That's one hell of an advert. Indeed. They are a wonderful source of English language news, current affairs, um, cultural titbits, uh, photographical essays, historical pieces, and all the rest of it from Argentina and across Latin America. And you should read them. It doesn't cost you anything at all. They are on argentinaindependent.com and you can follow them on Twitter at Argentina Indy, Argentina I-N-D-Y. Thank you very much to them for their support. Um, and for now, thank you as well to you listeners for your support and thank you for being here and good night from English Dan. Thank you, and Good night. And from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. And from me, thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>